Hello and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I'm your host, Samantha, joined as always by the Stormy Skies. Hello! And speaking <laughs> of Stormy Skies... Oh god. Fucking Hurricane Ida has wrecked a bunch of shit. Thoughts and prayers to the people in Louisiana and Mississippi who dealt are dealing with actual like catastrophic yeah storm damage um actually i've seen it in, like up in harrisburg pennsylvania and lancaster mm-hmm. those guys are getting a lot more damage than we did where i am yeah like i'm totally dry over here but <laughs> lancat like parts of philadelphia are completely underwater oh my god and like you know what it is it's bad in like new jersey too which is basically mm-hmm. on the border of that that side of the state i thought it was going to be bad here and it, mm-hmm. it, it was for a few hours. We had a fucking tornado. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Which never uh-huh. happens in Appalachia. Right. Yeah. So that was spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I am glad that I put the caption on my Instagram photo, not my picture, I'm safe, because <laughs> it didn't occur to me that that's a white car. It could have very well just have been my picture immediately following my cheeky post of tornado touchdown confirmed let's fucking go and then the next one is someone in a car with a tornado directly in front of them right it's like sam you're too close to that tornado (laughs) but as as far as i'm aware the tornado didn't actually do any damage and shockingly enough um visit park which is near where i used to live and where i work Mm. uh did not flood so far Oh, good. <laughs> Could flood in the next few days because it connects to the Mississippi River, I believe. But mm-hmm. got off hella easy. Yeah, yeah. A few hours, but yeah, it like rained yesterday for like a bit, and that's it. It was just very mild here. Yeah. Um, that's it. David was out driving with his younger sister mm-hmm. because she's getting her she's taking her driving test next weekend okay and I didn't know where they were and the tornado warning came at like <laughs> 6 30 and I immediately messaged David uh I don't know where you are but please come home right now yes <laughs> there's a tornado on the loose <laughs> and then I immediately changed into my jeans and mm-hmm. put tennis shoes on and put a bra on <laughs> yep grabbed our emergency cash fund and put it in my wallet to take into the bathroom with me if I needed to. Yeah. And also, most importantly, I grabbed the African violets we've been raising off the porch (laughs) and took them into the bathroom. Nice. We have put too much time into those flowers for a tornado to come through and smash the pot. Smash it all. Yeah. Or like take it away and it'll be smashed somewhere else. Um, But I think because of all of that, the tornado touched down all the way on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. It was eerily still, though, where we were. Mm-hmm. Like, not a gust Jeez. of wind anywhere. Yeah, that's creepy. And so we waited for the warning to go away at 7.15, and then we went to get nachos while the <laughs> tornado was wreaking havoc on the other side of town. <laughs> night wreaking havoc. And everybody on this side of town was, like, super calm. We were all checking our phones and watching the weather on the TV at the ro- restaurant, but, like, yeah. everyone was pretty chill. Even though a tornado had just touched down 10 minutes earlier. That was like a pretty big one too, man. That wasn't a little skinny one. That was big. Yeah. <laughs> like had it actually done damage, I'm sure it would have been different, but it was, it touched down and then immediately 
disappeared it seems it just got tired yeah sometimes they they need to like build up all the strength and that one was just a bit too weak (laughs) yeah but super exciting week is very exciting yeah we'll get into other stuff but someday Mm -hmm. i will yes someday when the time comes i have a 57 (laughs) slide yes slideshow that we'll present on that Um, audio with just audio (laughs) but you know speaking of bad weeks yes um we're here to discuss Fear Street Part 2, 1978, which is a 2021 <laughs> American teen slasher film directed by Lee Janik, uh, based on the book series of the same name by R.L. Stein. It is the second installment of the Fear Street trilogy after Part 1, 1994, mm-hmm. on stars Sadie Sink, Emily Rudd, Ryan Simpkins, McCabe Sile, Ted Sutherland, Jillian, Gillian Jacobs, Kiana Madeira, Benjamin Flores Jr., and Olivia Scott Welch. The mm-hmm. film centers on a group of teenagers in Camp Nightwing who must come together to survive a possessed counselor's murder spree. Yes. <laughs> we'll find out once I rewatch part three, but I do think part two is my favorite of the trilogy. Yes. So I've only watched part one and part two. And so far, part two is my favorite as well. Yeah. I do have some criticisms for it, which I'm sure you'll probably agree on, but they're in the production section. Well, I do have one criticism in uh, acting and characters. Okay. That you may also agree on. I don't know how up to date you are with Stranger Things, but um, (laughs) so... I think it's Sadie Sink, the ginger main character of this who plays um, Ziggy. 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 <laughs> I don't think I am a fan of hers. Me neither, dude. Okay. There's okay. something about her that I like. don't like. <laughs> okay, yeah. So for me, she's... I've only seen her in Stranger Things and this. And mm-hmm. she comes off as very one note of an actress. Yeah. Um, where she kind of plays that I'm a tomboy. I'm not like other girls <laughs> archetype. Yeah. Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So she's just like, yeah, like, I don't care. I'm a rebellious young teenager. Yeah. So I would like to see her not play the exact same character. Dude, she's the same in Stranger Things. That's what I thought yeah. too. Oh so like, <laughs> that's my biggest criticism in terms of acting is that it is just the same character in Stranger Things. So I would have maybe liked some diversity in who she's playing, maybe a little more softness because just because you're a tomboy doesn't mean you're not still soft. And I do think you we got that towards the end. Yeah. But overall, it's just, yeah. I feel like we're kind of past that archetype of the cool, uh, not like other girls. <laughs> Girl. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we're totally past that because you know it's not it's just that it's not just like there's just one girl who's like she's cool and she hangs out with the boys. Like she, she skates on a skateboard. Man. <laughs> Her name's Ziggy. Like he's David Bowie's song Ziggy Stardust. That's cool. She oh, reads. God. She reads Stephen King. <laughs> I. You know what? And that's so funny because this movie did that thing where the guy was like. He was like, yeah, Stephen King is actually very popular. <laughs> and I was like, oh, ha-ha. not as cool as you think. You're more of a Stephen King expert than I am. By 1978, was he like super popular? He'd only published three books at that point. Well, you know what? 
That's a good question. And I'm not sure, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know that Carrie put him on the map yeah. and Salem's lot is one of his best. So maybe he was like super popular and he like swept the nation with his horror. Yeah, That's I'm a willing, good question though, Sam. Yeah. I'm willing to say maybe he was starting to rise in popularity. Yeah. Um, I don't, my nook no longer works, so I can't just whip out my digital copy of On Writing by Stephen <laughs> King. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Stephen King, I do want to make a historical note because mm-hmm. there seems to be some sort of, um, well, people seem to be universally agreeing that the new Stephen King book they're talking about is The Shining. Oh. However, I disagree because yeah. I looked up the publication dates. Mm-hmm. The Shining came out in January, 1978. And if these two were such big fans of Stephen King, <laughs> they would have already read The Shining and had their minds blown. Ooh, so I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna throw it out there. The You're new right. Stephen King book they're talking about is The Stand, which would come out in October, 1978. Ooh. So there was probably already some buzz about that. Yeah, that's my favorite Stephen King novel. Really? Um, it intimidates me. It's really long, <laughs> but it's really, I think it's his best work. But Salem's Lot is a close second. My my Stephen King um, repertoire is very limited, unfortunately. That's okay. Um, and I don't know, I think Stand By Me, it, eh, that's a short story, so maybe it doesn't really count. I think that's one of his best works. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, that that's like, um, it, it was then, so good. They made a movie about it, you know? And then Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, these are the ones that aren't like really horror, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, okay. I'm, sorry, I'm praising the horror king for writing some really spectacular <laughs> novellas and short stories. Sam, stop trying to be that cool girl that reads Stephen King other than his horror. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Stephen King, but only like Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. <laughs> the Green Mile. <laughs> Green Mile is Stephen King, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. Okay. It is. <laughs> that movie's insane. Those movies are like dark too. Like that could be considered horror. Um, but yeah, very true. So yeah, you know what? That's a good question. But still, she thinks she's so cool because she reads Stephen King as if he's like an unknown author, but like he must have just gotten pretty popular. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other any other standout characters? I really liked Cindy's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I thought I really liked this angle. This part two is a lot more slashery than the first part. Yeah, which is great, and I. This is more of a story note, but there's just such an overwhelming sense of dread. Yeah, there is. Because you know, one of the sisters isn't going to live and a lot of people are going to die tonight and there's nothing you can do about it. Like there's only one outcome. This isn't them traveling back in time to change the past. This is what's happening. Yeah. And it's going to suck. Yes. And the cool thing about this and what does make it feel like a slasher more than the first one is because this one takes place on one day. Mm Mm-hmm. And the other one is like over the span of, I guess, a couple days. Yeah. Um, and so that's why you get that dread because it's constantly building because the time hasn't been cut. Um, it's still, I guess, chronological order of events. I enjoyed her boyfriend too, Tommy, I think his name yeah. was. The guy that ended up being the crazy slasher killer. Which was such a little bit of a heartbreaker because he was a nice guy and then yeah. against his will, I know he became the axe man. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know what? He, um, yeah, he was like a cute guy and I did like him a lot. And, um, I really dug him as the slasher killer. I thought he was so cool looking. And Mm -hmm. so I was definitely, um, very, once he gets the burlap sack over his face, a very nice, uh, yeah. Homage to night of uh, Friday the 13th, part two, part two, yes, which is probably <laughs> my favorite version version of Jason. Yeah, cool. Because it's before <laughs> the hockey mask, and yep, which I think burlap sack Jason's a little scarier. It is scary because it's a bit more, it's like less silly in a mm-hmm. way, um, a bit more raw. So yeah, burlap sap Jason is pretty cool with like the one eye hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when we, we saw the ax man in the first part and yeah, this was not the backstory I pictured for him. Yeah, me neither. I was picturing under the burlap sack. He was an older guy, maybe. Yeah. Or even deformed because that's how we, what we're used to thinking of when we see someone in a mask, mm-hmm. but he's just cute. <laughs> uh, then we have Ziggy's sister, Cindy, who... She kind of annoyed me, but she was a fine, spoiler, she was a fine fake out final girl. Yeah, she was. And I actually did enjoy that fake out because I really did think it was definitely her that was the one survivor. Oh, did you? I did, but she totally died. And I was like, I didn't know Ziggy's name was anything other than Ziggy because I was yeah. like, you know what? Who the fuck knows that the parents were like into that shit. <laughs> right. See, I was on the fence for most of the movie. I figured it would probably be a twist like that where it's actually yeah. Ziggy that survives. Mm-hmm. Um, and her real name is something else. But really at the last five minutes we spend with them, yeah. when Cindy's being fucking hacked in the chest repeatedly by an axe. Yeah, Jesus. And, <laughs> and Ziggy's bleeding out from multiple stab wounds. I was like, I... I don't fucking know which one of these sisters right. is going to make it. Yeah. It's like, how are they, how are either of them going to survive this? <laughs> oh God. And what a tragic death for Cindy being like one, that's got to be painful as hell. Oh God. And right two, it's, chest. it's your boyfriend's body that's doing it. I know. And that this movie was actually crazy because the body count was so big. Everybody at the camp just died. And there's like a yeah. bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess, trigger warning for anyone who hasn't watched this yet there is a lot of child massacre in this like little kids (laughs) um kind of swaying into story towards the end when um baby sheriff tells the other camp counselor to get all the kids on the bus i am a little disappointed we didn't actually see that scene of that other douchey counselor getting the kids on the bus i just Mm -hmm. that would have been a nice moment of tension yeah um, but still, um, uh, we get a little more backstory with how the possessions happen, more relationship building between Shady Side and Sunnyville. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and yeah, and more like a, more, a bit more exposition about what the deal is with Shady Side and Sunny, Sunnyvale and, um, how Shady Side is cursed in itself. Mm-hmm. And that's why the shady side people are the ones that get possessed. Yep. In fact, I don't think uh, Camp Nightwing is in shady side, but it was still the shady side kids that yeah. the ghost was going after. Yeah, exactly. And Camp Nightwing is such a ridiculous name. Why would you take your kid to that camp with that name? Because it sounds scary. <laughs> 
Well, it doesn't sound too scary. It sounds cool. It sounds like, well, I guess if you're like Batman fan, that sounds like a Batman camp. And we get, we also got a little more backstory to the time in 1950 something when the witch possessed that one girl because her mom is the nurse at the camp mm-hmm. and she knows what's up. She knows what's about to happen <laughs> um, because I, it was vaguely established in the first part. Names appear on the wall of who is going to be possessed next. Mm-hmm. And I guess she saw that it was going to be Tommy who's next. Yes, she, yes, she did. And so she seemingly goes nuts and tries to kill him before he's able to kill anyone. Right. She's trying to protect everybody in that way. But like, yeah, the whole time, the reason why she's able to find the names in the cave is because she understands and has done research on why her uh, daughter suddenly became like a crazy murderer. And she Mm -hmm. found out about the witch and she ended up finding the cave, which is directly below the camp, which is where the witch like hangs out I guess it's just like this witchy cave and that's where the names are so she like has been dealing with this for many years Mm -hmm. and she's done all this because the legend says that you need to connect the witch's hand with the rest of her body and she found like she I think they said she found the body but she never found the hand or vice versa yeah um and so like she made it her life's work to like end that curse yep yeah so after the nurse that all happens with the nurse cindy's like uh it has to she had to be on drugs for this to happen let's find out what went wrong and they find her diary which says that fear made a deal with the devil by cutting off her hand on satan stone thereby earning eternal life and then they also find a map in the diary leading to her house yep 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 and then they find the house and uh, find that Nurse Lane has been digging up some graves. Mm-hmm. Sorry, reviewing <laughs> off uh, Wikipedia. No, that's fine. Yeah, uh, digging up graves, and then um... and this is where they fi- they find the wall carved with names of all the shady side killers, and Tommy's name is included. And then Tommy, he's suddenly possessed, and he kills Arnie with an axe in a very gruesome act of violence. Yes. <laughs> And then he is just basically unstoppable from there. He's one of those killers that is like super quick about it. So he like runs in, hits you one time with the ax and then you die. And then he runs out and goes to the next cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, totally crazy, totally deadly killer. It doesn't like, you know, beat around the bush or mess around or like try to like, you know, torture you. It's just boom, <laughs> boom, you're dead. Yes. And um, meanwhile, while all this is starting to go down, mm-hmm. uh, Ziggy and baby Sheriff are bonding and flirting and making out yeah. in a <laughs> greenhouse type thing, right. which I love Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I would say, though, it is a bit of a red flag if you're bonding with your future boyfriend or girlfriend mm-hmm. or date mate. over your love of Stephen King just like it's a red flag if you guys bond over your love of the Smiths yeah (laughs) like problematic like Stephen King is a problematic king 
Well, in that era, he was though, you know. Oh, oh for sure. This was uh, Stephen yeah. King still doing coke every hour on the hour. Yeah, this is Stephen King where he's like on a bender for months, and then he's like, "I don't remember writing Cujo." <laughs> Um, so that's where we're at. And all the while the little campers are running around doing like this weird game where it's like capture the flag, but it's taking like all day to capture the flag. <laughs> so that's how that's like the subplot that's happening. So that's giving you some extra like collateral damage. That's why all these kids are getting like mowed down because they're just all running around. The one girl can we we do get a nice classic 70s uh sex romp yes we do with like a partially nude woman yep and then she gets killed while partially nude of course the way god intended (laughs) yeah wait until marriage kids (laughs) yeah kids because you know that like in mean girls if you have sex you'll die (laughs) what oh that's shadow oh <laughs> he's saying it's time for me to eat at eight o'clock and it's 7 18 <laughs> oh hush oh, anyway. i want i want a cat <laughs> sorry he just won't stop now because i'm ignoring him anyway let's keep talking about what happens <laughs> okay <in the> <laughs> um so uh the cave that cindy and uh <laughs> sorry cave that cindy and um What's her face? The cool uh, blonde girl. Alice, what a cool name too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, the the cave collapses, which luckily keeps them safe from the axe man, but really fucks their lives in other ways. Uh, when yeah. Alice breaks her fucking leg and it goes through the skin. Dude, she breaks her fucking leg. And then later she's like, yep, I'm fine. Just limping around because you fixed it. Like, no, dude, you would be in so it, much pain that you would vomit. It went through the skin, Alice. <laughs> That's not a walk it off injury. And she's like, well, yeah, I know you had two Tylenol, but still, dude, like, no, you would be in unbearable agony. <laughs> I know. I'll I'll pass it off as adrenaline. <laughs> right, yeah, I guess. That's fine. Like, for all we know, they jacked her up on a bunch of EpiPens, like, <laughs> oh my God, the last part. I still have a problem with that. <laughs> um, but uh, Cindy's a really cool character, and... Yeah. Um, they do eventually find an exit out of the caves just as the mayhem is ensuing in the camp. It's coming towards an end. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Cindy climbs out through a hole in, I think, the bathroom. It's, yeah, the, it's random because the outhouse toilet is like underneath, like right inside the toilet. If you look in the toilet, it's the cave down there. So, like, that's kind of random. Nobody noticed that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but another <laughs> fairly horrifying scene where um, the X-Man is coming after Ziggy, but Ziggy manages to um, escape from mm-hmm. him that time. But one of their camp counselor friends just gets his head fucking chopped off. Yeah. And it falls down in the cave, which is <laughs> traumatizing. Scary. It is. Jesus. <laughs> Don't, Cindy's not able to get out in the outhouse because there's no way to climb up. So she leaves Alice to find another way out Mm -hmm. and while they're separated alice figures out the red moss is covering the there's red moss all over the outhouse that was established early in the movie Mm -hmm. 
as having like an infestation or something. Yeah. Um, but it's because of the Satan stone. And so she finds the hand. Ah, yes. Um, and that's when she's able to find the will to walk again. Yes. And she's like, oh, fine. I can live fine. Look at me go. And I'm just like, dude, no, it's not like you twisted your ankle. Like, <laughs> I respect you, but please sit down. You have a compound fracture of like your femur. <laughs> you may have to cut off your leg, ma'am. You literally will not be able to walk for nine months. <laughs> uh, anyway, I mean, she doesn't have to worry about that, but <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> um, but finally, Cindy finds a way out through the um, mess hall, but it's mm-hmm. screwed shut and mm-hmm. Ziggy. Um, is hiding out in there but the axe man finds her and then we have this great empowering moment of cindy busting down the fucking grate and yeah what would have been a cool moment but i'll complain about it when we get to production mm-hmm. um <laughs> ziggy hits the um stereo so it starts blasting carry on my wayward son by kansas yes yes ma'am. okay <laughs> um i can't remember i i always get kansas mixed up with another band Um, Well, there's Kansas, Chicago, you know, a lot of different states and cities. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that starts blasting and uh, it it deafens the guy. He can't hear her move around now. Of course. And then right before he's about to kill Ziggy, Cindy comes up and stabs him a few times and he's out for the count. And so far... It, it's fine. It's fine. It stressed me out for a while because I kept waiting for him to come back to life, but there was a good like 10 minutes where he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Alice was able to catch up to them hobbling on her, com- her compound fracture, <laughs> compound fractured leg. <laughs> and they go through the diary, figure it out. Um, this is when Ziggy touches the bones, mm-hmm. making her a target. Yeah. Uh, they find where Sarah Fear's body is allegedly right buried. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but then I don't know, I don't want to accidentally spoil anything. But meanwhile, down in the death cave, like <laughs> all the blood from the victims is pooling together. Mm-hmm. And all the ghosts of the past serial killers come to life in a really cool, like little sequence. Yeah, yeah. The I cave. Really- it has like this heart that's kind of like makes yeah. it alive. Like it's an organ and yeah, they grow out of that. It's so like, crazy. I, I really liked that sequence. I thought it looked really cool. That might've been one of my favorite, my favorite things to watch too, because it, it did look great. So yeah. And it shows us where they come from. Yeah, it does. Right. Cause you're just like, where they come? I don't know where like they pop out of the ground. And they come from that like main heart area. It's yeah. awesome. And then the axe man comes back to life mm-hmm. yep <laughs> Long right last. after um and i knew it was coming because alice gave this really heartwarming speech about how of course. she's ready to make this sacrifice she's not going to wait around she's coming with them and then he fucking chops her arm <laughs> off and kills her oh my god <laughs> then we get our final sequence where they're running through the rain to where her body's buried mm-hmm. they dig it up but there's no body there <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, which is why in 1994, um, mm-hmm. returning all the bones didn't work, I think. Yeah, some some weird yeah. business it, where it's expl- just not quite there. Yeah, that things aren't what they seem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, 
we get the final standoff <laughs> moment where these two girls know they're about to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start, Cindy starts fighting for their lives to let Ziggy run. Yeah. But Ziggy doesn't make it very far before she's stabbed. Mm-hmm. And then they're both brutally murdered until baby sheriff comes and performs CPR on Ziggy, <laughs> bringing her back to life. I don't know how that, that did the trick. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if CPR works on I don't wounds think and does. bleeding out. In fact, <laughs> I think um, you're right. I think it it, it might it worse, be right? worse because you're, you're pumping out. You're pumping the heart. Let me um ask my nurse. <laughs> yeah, I can ask Luke real quick. Do you want me to ask him right now? Yeah, let's get some <laughs> uh, dif- differing medical opinions in the chat. Okay, Luca, Luca. Luca, I have a question. Can you come here real quick? Okay, sorry. It's fine. Okay. Um, so in this movie we watched, um, there is a character who is stabbed in the chest a lot of times, and we think that she dies. However, CPR is performed on her and she lives. Um, is that actually possible? How many times was she stabbed? A lot. Chest? I thought she was going to die because she was bleeding out usually, of her chest. Usually yeah, when you CPR somebody, it would just shoot Make all the worse. blood out of the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, we're right. Thank okay. you. I thought that was bullshit. <laughs> because you're pushing down on the heart. The point of it is to like to get the blood flowing again, right? Like, do, I feel like movie, like, uh, whenever you shoot a movie, don't you have like one ambulance EMT person? Can't you just go ask them like, hey, is this like really how it is? And they'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in that case, wouldn't you? He didn't have he didn't have any, but I feel like you would rather use the shock pads on them rather than yeah. push the blood out of their heart. But right, well, oh, apparently, just, like, um, plug the wounds or something. According to my eating. nurse friend, yeah. you can, but only if you plug the wounds. Yeah, plug the wounds so yeah. the blood doesn't gush out. Yeah, so okay. you would have to Jesus. stop the bleeding first, so that way when you push down on their heart, it doesn't just splurt out. Like there, I know there's a lot of steps to take to make sure she would survive and they didn't take any of them. And yet she's still, that's why I thought she was totally going to die. So Um, I guess the answer is is yes, but it probably won't work out. Yeah, it just probably Um, won't. She was just stabbed so many times, like basically right in the heart. Like one of them got her heart, you know? Definitely. So, um... (laughs) Probably if it's maybe one stab wound, you're fine. But if it's 12, um, <laughs> not recommended. Yeah, that was a um, lot. You're doing your best, goodbye. but it probably won't work. Yeah, you're doing your yeah. best, but you're actually just making her die faster. Yeah. My friend said, uh, yeah, plug the wounds. And if you can't plug the wounds, you should try it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, just but, so you don't feel guilty. Yeah, I, I, did, <laughs> I, did, I did just say... Um, stabbing victim I didn't mention it would be multiple stab wounds oh yeah you should be like well this was in a slasher movie where he definitely stabbed her like more than 10 times yeah. she definitely <laughs> has a lot of open wounds that her, her chest might... is definitely just applesauce right now yeah um but yeah that's how that's how the movie pretty much ends 
we go back to 1994 um, mm -hmm. because, oh yeah, they realized that the tree that the hand is now buried it's under- It's in the mall. It's in the mall. So, <laughs> so it, en it ends with them finding the hand in 1994 and taking it to the bones. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, and we'll, finally. we'll find out how this ends in part Man. three, 1666. Yeah, we better find out how this ends. Like, geez, there's so much happening, so much tragedy. We're also going to find out how it begins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Well, that's that movie. And you know what? It was still very exciting. I preferred this killer to the one in 1994. Mm -hmm. um, I liked the look of 1994 a bit better than this one because it was just basically at, at camp all day. Yeah. And I have, um, um, I have some notes regarding right. the look of this movie and yeah, um, let's do a it. few other things for production. First things first, I got <laughs> very annoyed early on in the movie because there were so many music drops. Oh yeah, there was a lot. You're there. right. <laughs> and like, I, I love 70s music. I have a whole playlist titled Moody 70s Rock, mm -hmm. which if you know what that, if you, you get what that means, like yes. moody, big dick energy, rock and roll, like Fleetwood Mac, uh, uh, those guys. Um, <laughs> Everyone like them and them as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, that kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. But it kind of took me out of the setting of the movie, even though that was the opposite of what they were trying to do with all those music drops. And it might, it might work for someone who's not into slasher movies the way that we are. Yeah. But I watch a lot of 70s slashers and they don't have that many music drops. They have a score. Yeah. They have like no music, you know, no yeah. popular music. Um, and for that reason, at the end, when, they do the carry on my wayward son drop. Mm -hmm. It didn't hit as hard because they already did that. They drop. already played that yeah. song. <laughs> they already did it early in the movie. And so I was thinking it might've worked better if they played a different Kansas song at the beginning of the movie. So yeah. the tape was queued up for carry on. Right. But, but they're like, yeah, this is going to be so badass. And it was just like, totally fell flat. Yeah. Like it was a great drop, but it was ruined because they did it earlier in the movie. Yeah, it was I just, totally ruined. <laughs> I just think if they hadn't done all those top 40 drops in the first mm -hmm. 20 minutes of the movie, that moment would have been a lot more impactful, a lot more hype for me. Yeah, me too. And um, lastly, just in my hum most humble of opinions, mm -hmm. this movie is a period piece. Yeah. And it, for 1978, the overall look of it felt too clean to refined i agree um and i think it would have felt better to me watching it and immersing myself in the world mm -hmm. if they added like some film damage and film grain to uh, the movie um i don't know if you've seen the prequel to uh ouija no i haven't but that movie's set in 1968 i think and mm -hmm. so I don't think they filmed it on film, but in post-production, they added the film damage and the graininess you expect with a movie to come that comes out in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And that just, I, that would have, cool. I would have liked that a lot. It would have been really creative, set it apart stylistically from the first one mm -hmm. and just made it feel slightly more grittier. 
Yeah. And you know what the, and like, I can agree with that. So first let me agree with you about the, the music drops, because whenever I'm watching something that has that many music drops, you know what it is. It's a TV show, you know, every Mm -hmm. scene, it's a new popular song. And I don't want that constantly because you're right. It does take me out of it. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm paying attention to the song now. Is this a music video? Um, Mm -hmm. And then moving on from that, uh, regarding the way it looks, you're right. It was totally just modern. Um, Everybody uh, was just wearing, you know, their seventies clothes with like 2021 equipment used to film. And um, whenever I think of something that's being filmed in the seventies, the first thing I think of is like any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, Mm -hmm. even the newer ones, because even the newer ones try to scale back the coloring. So it just looks old. Yeah. They didn't even do that. It was just, it was just like traditional looking. Yeah. yeah. And Halloween, I think had a higher budget than Texas Chainsaw. I think those two movies get compared a lot in regards to which one has aged better. Mm -hmm. And I think they've both aged equally as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But Halloween still had a grittiness to it. It did. You know, somber coloring. Mm -hmm. It just, it felt slightly too idealistic in terms of the coloring for this movie right um, so we should have had some grittiness some film grain um, yeah everything was too sharp too yeah. high def high res whatever it is now like even with the controversial 2003 remake of texas chainsaw massacre that movie is still very gritty like i've talked that, about it yeah. before you can feel the fucking heat and humidity off these characters that's the exact one i was thinking of when i think of um how even though it's like more new they still try to like make it yeah. look old and sick and hot and texas yeah you know what i mean and we so. can uh thank the cinematographer of both the original and the remake because it's the same cinematographer for both and he wanted to book in his career with both those movies right on and <laughs> I think, yeah, I think they should have taken like notes from the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Even, yep. And you know what? That would have really um, probably made a world of a difference for sure. Okay. And yeah, my nurse friend, Abby, pretty (laughs) much agrees with us that yes, you'll push the blood out, but even if they have five stab wounds in their chest, you still want to try to help them. Yeah. Or do what you can bad. until <laughs> you stop. So I guess he was in the right state mm-hmm. of mind when he did it, but. Um, and then miraculously she just lived. Yeah. So good for him. <laughs> um, so I guess I recommend it. So you can tell the coroner you did everything you could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, to be that guy. It's like, oh, well, did you try CPR? It's like, no, I didn't think I was well, supposed to. Me being me, I would have just told the guy she has five stab wounds <laughs> yeah it's like she has five stab wounds dude like I don't think that's gonna work um but yeah those were my only big critiques is that stylistically they could have separated it more from 1994 1994 looked great yeah it like did. it really fit that time period mm-hmm. um this one they could have done a little more in post-production with some effects to make it look like it was made on film a little grittier not as um, yeah. idealistic because I get that they want to go for maybe an idealistic look in the beginning mm-hmm. 
but we already know what's going to happen. So you don't need to give us that false sense of security. Yeah, exactly. Because of how these movies are, um, how the story is told. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it got to the editing room and it was just kind of like passed along and nothing, mm-hmm. nothing was really done with it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see when I rewatch 1666, but despite my criticisms, this is my favorite. It is brutal. It's got an over layer of dread to it because mm-hmm. you know there's no hope for a lot of these characters yeah you just don't know who to look at yeah and you don't you don't want to like them because you know they're gonna die but then you got <laughs> alice who's just a sweetheart hobbling along on her compound her, fracture yeah on her compound fracture. you should ask your nurse friend like hey if your bone breaks and comes out of your skin can you just push it back in with your thumb and be good <laughs> answer is probably no oh but yeah any other notes on production I don't think I have any more yeah me neither we can talk a little bit about um the realistic aspects of this movie because there actually is a lot going on Mm -hmm. personally with these characters yeah a summer camp is horrifying (laughs) I can say that as a former camp counselor yeah, dude, just like being at some being camp. responsible for the lives of children. Who decides that 16-year-old should do that? Uh, oh my god, I know, right? That's such a good point. They don't even they can't even look after themselves, <laughs> let alone other kids. And there's like 50 of them. What else? It seems like in with the family dynamic of Ziggy and Christine, or whatever her name is, um, or Cindy, whatever. Um, it seems like they have like an absent mother or father and like someone's an alcoholic. I think the mom's alcoholic, the father's like absent and then like they hate their lives. And then Alice is over here, like she's suicidal and she cuts her wrist, but she's like, I do drugs and have sex to like pretend that life is good. All these, all this crazy shit is happening. And then there's like this weird, you know, class divide with Sunnyvale and Shadyside and Shadyside is the bad neighborhood and they're cursed with the witch curse. All these things. Crazy. So those are all realistic aspects for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like these poor Shadyside kids just have the worst lives. They just have like a death curse. Except for for Dina, who's a broke family, can afford internet in 1994 yeah they already have a tv and a computer and a phone wow (laughs) yeah so that's uh that's pretty cool at least they spent their money on that so that's always good to be connected um and dean is a cool lesbian but yeah we don't have any gays or lesbians in this yeah we didn't we didn't uh which is fine yeah that's fine but we don't like we we already have a lot of sameness Mm -hmm. in regards to the characters with like Cindy and Ziggy coming from a broken home as well you don't Mm want to make it too Too, yeah too too identical uh, but this movie was pretty brutal in terms of the kills it was I don't think they actually killed any of the kids on screen I think it was all off screen but you hear the thuds Mm -hmm. yep you're right and then at the end, you see all the like um, bodies all wrapped up and they're all lined up in front of the camp Ugh. camp thing. God damn. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I guess they're all dead except for a couple. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I think that's all. That's all about that. 
but that that would be messed up is like sending your kid off to camp and then it's like oh sorry somebody totally went crazy and oh, yeah. just they're all it's dead like, um, <laughs> they're the, not coming home the girl scout murders uh that took place in the 70s where uh, uh like girl scout troop went camping uh-huh. and like six of them were brutally murdered in the middle of the night really yeah they were getting death threats or vague death threats on notes but chose to ignore them thinking it was just a prank mm-hmm. and they woke up one morning and like six of the girls had been just murdered whoa i'm gonna have to look into that i hadn't heard about that and that's from in the 70s yeah interesting uh, pretty popular true crime case i don't think they ever found out who did it either so that's whoa spooky. that's creepy <gasps> um, um interesting but yeah uh this movie it, it fucked me up yeah. it was dark just wish the uh cinemato- cinematography matched the grittiness of the events happening on screen yeah i i totally agree with that and that would also be like the one thing i have an issue with and, um, and also, also it's summer camp yeah. so you really could have taken a lot of notes from texas chainsaw 2003 yep. because it would be fucking humid and mosquitoes everywhere and i loved being a camp counselor but like some aspects of it really sucked like how hot and humid it was yeah how hot and humid it was and like it, when you're in texas in the middle of summer it's like sweltering yeah <laughs> you can't breathe uh, yeah so a plus yeah <laughs> all right well, we all know what's in store for us next week, and that is going to be the last installment, 1666. Yeah. We'll find out how it began and how it's going to end. <laughs> I know. Can you believe how that's going to affect your brain, how it begins and ends? We shall see. All right. Well, I have the outro notes pulled up if you're ready to conclude. I'm ready. All right, I'm ready too. So Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. In this episode, we learned that you should not um, do certain things such as... Before um, performing CPR on a stabbing victim, make sure you stop the bleeding. (laughs) Exactly. I'm so sorry. It (laughs) likely won't work, but you should do what you need to do. Yeah. So Sam is right. We just had a huge conversation. So in this episode, we learned that you should stop the bleeding first and then do CPR next just to see if you can try to restart the heart, but don't do CPR and push the blood out. So yes, there we go. Excellent. Uh, Use CPR with caution. (laughs) Yeah, really, because if they're already stabbed, don't try to hurt them anymore (laughs) with your CPR that will break your rib. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, don't push your compound fracture back in with your thumb. Yeah, because you probably didn't like line it back up the right way. I mean, geez, it was dark in that cave. How did she know what she was supposed to do? anyway so don't do that kind of a thing (laughs) just go to the doctor okay um let's see like what you hear you can find real horror show on spotify tune in google play store stitcher itunes and pandora really really like what you hear follow us on twitter at horror show pod or search for real horror show on twitter follow us on facebook at real horror show like our page and share our stuff we also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found. 
realhorrorshow.com. Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something or think you have a really great movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wish list. If you feel like buying us something tangible, it will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, you can find the buy us a coffee button on our website. It's a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. And is there any other pertinent news at this time? Uh, not right now. Uh, think off mic all your opinions on a couple of things regarding the website okay cool um, otherwise i don't have any urgent news yeah it's right now it's the second of september when sam and i are recording so welcome to a new month we made it go <laughs> get your pumpkin spice lattes oh my god sam I'm oh so have excited. you tried have you tried their new apple something latte no did you not yet. Okay. <laughs> I had already ordered my pumpkin spice cold foam when I was going mm. through the drive-thru when I saw the apple drink and I was like, ah, damn. Next yeah. time. Let me know. Like, we'll see who tries it first and then yeah. we have to let each other know. <laughs> yeah. A local coffee shop near where I work does an mm. apple pie chai. Ooh, that sounds fall. amazing. It's so good. So I'm hoping this drink is like that because sometimes I can't always get the apple pie chai because that coffee shop closes at two and I don't get off work until three. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. Well, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So go get your pumpkin spice latte. It's okay if you like pumpkin spice because Sam and I like pumpkin spice. Okay. And our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Thank you. Fuck off and have a swell evening. And this is Real Horror Show signing off. Bye. Bye bye. I love the creepy dog that always bites.